Well, my last nitpick, and this is a real, real nitpick, is like, what was with all the vomiting? I don't, I'm very sensitive to vomiting. I don't like it. There's a whole phobia word for it. I don't know what that word is, but I don't like vomiting. I don't like seeing it on the screen. If I know what's going to happen, I turn my head. So I'm like, what is with all the vomiting in this book? Oh, <laughs> because magic is being felt and it's a lot on their body. And so their body's reaction is to like get it out. It's like okay, a cleansing. Vomit um, like you're cleansing. Your gut, but it's gross. <laughs> we don't need to. There was an abnormal amount of vomiting. It's a lot. Welcome to the Novel Universe with your hostesses, Ashley and Dawn. We rate and review the newest and most buzzworthy books. We are true book club girls who don't always agree, but do enjoy a good book discussion. I'm Ashley, the fantasy architect. And I'm Dawn, the criticizer of books. Grab your favorite beverage and come and enjoy our universe. everyone and welcome back to the novel universe with your hosts Ashley and Dawn and today we are going to be discussing Hellbent by Lee Bardugo the long-awaited Hellbent by Lee Bardugo if you are new here welcome uh, what we do is we go over a quick overview we give our rating Ashley and I do not discuss the book before we get on here so I have no idea what Ashley thought we will give a spoiler free review then we will go into a spoiler review. We will let you know when we get into spoilers. And just FYI, the, the beginning of this will have no spoilers for Hellbit, but there will be spoilers for Ninth House. So if you have not read Ninth House, I suggest you pop out and come back after you've read it because we will be spoiling Ninth House. Sorry, but this is a book too. We can't help that. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you do not stay with us all the way to the end, first of all, why not? But secondly, our next book will be Chain of Thorns. I almost said Thrones. <laughs> Chain of Thrones. Chain of Thorns by Cassandra Clare, which is the third. Is it the final book in that series? Please say it is. Oh, well, I don't know her. I feel like she's a she's a threesome. <laughs> okay. Well, it is hopefully the third like and final book in that series. I don't know the name of that series, but you know what I'm talking about. Glass Hours. Glass, Glass Hours series. Uh, yeah, so that will be our next book in February. But let's get started with Hellbent. Quick, very quick overview. Like I said, I will be spoiling Ninth House, so I'll pop out now. Come back later. Okay, bye. All right. Don't see, don't see. <laughs> Hellbent picks up where um, Ninth House left off. I believe it's only a couple months later. Darlington has fallen into hell and Alex and Dawes are banding together to try and get him back. And it is basically all about them getting Darlington out of the underworld. All right, Ashley, what did you rate Hellbent? Um, <laughs> I gave this, I'm struggling between a four, seven, five, and a five. Oh, okay. Just, just a little bit, just okay. a little bit. Um, my first gut reaction was a five, but then when I was like critically like putting like stuff together, I was like, is it quiet? Is it quiet? I think I can because it's Bardugo, like, but I also like this book is so different than Ninth House like it's it's written a little different too <laughs> okay just 
with everything. So what did you, what did you rate it? Well, I was waffling between a 4.25 and a 4.5, but I think I'm going to settle on a 4.5. I am that broad that compares books, unfortunately. Um, I gave Ninth House 4.75. I did not like it better than Ninth House, so I cannot give it a 4.75. But I also compare it to comparable books. And so I think the latest book I've read is probably um, The Atlas Six, which is kind of comparable to this because it's dark academia in a sense. Um, I kind of like them equal. So I think I'm, I think I'm going to settle on 4.5. We'll see. After this, we'll see if after the discussion I miss some stuff and we'll see. Yeah. Well, so we were close. We were close yeah. then to each other's thoughts. Because <laughs> yeah. I think Ninth House, I think I gave that a five-star rating when okay. I read it. For All sure. Right. So. Well, did you have any dislikes? Um, I did. It's like, it's more like an irk. Like, it's more like, it, it might be behind. It's, they're not like major like make it or break it things that I didn't like about this book let me just preface that like do you have like any that are like I just have 100% made or no I just have nitpicks I don't have any dislikes okay so so we're we're along the same page here (laughs) they're more like mm -hmm. so it'll be nitpicking time I feel like all right well Um, I felt like it's mythic time. Um, I felt like the big bad, you know, villain was it just hit better in the first book. It hit better than the second. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, I'm not going to that was not in my nitpick, but I, it, I now that you mention it, that is a nitpick, and we will get into it in the spoiler edition. Yes. So that was my first nitpick. What was yeah. your first nitpick? <laughs> my first one was, I just had a hard time believing that some people, Alex, I can understand Dawes, would risk their life and to to go and stay in hell for Darlington. I'm like, yeah, he's yeah. a cool dude, but am I going to go to hell for him? I don't know. Eternal damnation? I don't no. And some of the people that helped them, I'm just like, I don't know if I'm buying that. They they gave their reasons, but I don't... Mm. Yeah. I think I, I, I would agree with you. There was like two in particular where I was like, yeah. you ain't that. You ain't that close. <laughs> um... Uh, the other thing for me is that I felt like when there was a a big, you know, a big, a big thing happened, right? Mm-hmm. A big thing happened. Um, I felt like it was very underwhelmed. Like it could have been a little bit better. Like it's like, we'll talk about the spoiler part, but there, I just, I really felt like there was missing, you know, this grand gesture, if you will. And it just didn't happen it was kind of muted okay not sure what you're talking about but we'll talk about in the spoiler edition (laughs) um another nitpick of mine was at the end there were a lot of dead bodies they were just piling up and they were just like yeah we'll do some spell to get rid of them and i'm like "Mm, i don't know how i feel about that (laughs) it was just one after another they just kept coming and i was like oh okay 
Ja, 100%. And then the last thing for me is that, like, this was just a different telling of a story. Like, I felt like there was more of a slower burn pace in the first book, you know? So, like, we're, like, waiting we're waiting for yeah. all of these things. There's just stuff just being dropped in our laps, right? And we're like, what the hell does that mean? Like, nobody's explained it. We're just going to leave that there, a little token for you. <laughs> and then this one was such, like, a linear, like, more, like, linear paranormal, if you will. It was like, we have a, a heist, and we're, we're going off to go do that. And then and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do it. So it's, like, way more action-packed than the first book was. Mm-hmm. So it's like... I feel like that's where a lot of like the disconnect has been within like the reading world because there are some people that are like it's a totally different story and I'm like it's it's still the same story it's just a different writing choice on how to tell the story you know but okay. it's still Bardugo yeah like her tone is still the same throughout it mm. but it was one of those where I was like wow I haven't reached a point where I'm you know lost if you will I was more like waiting for the next like thing to come and happen so it's not yeah it's definitely just a different tone it's a different tone of telling (laughs) style of telling so well my last nitpick and this is a real real nitpick is like what was with all the vomiting I don't, I'm very sensitive to vomiting. I don't like it. There's a whole phobia word for it. I don't know what that word is, but I don't like vomiting. I don't like seeing it on the screen. If I know what's going to happen, I turn my head. So I'm like, what is with all the vomiting in this book? Oh, <laughs> because magic is being felt and it's a lot on their body. And so their body's reaction is to like get it out. It's like okay. a cleansing. I guess. Vomit like you're cleansing. You're, but it's gross. But we don't need to there was an abnormal amount of vomiting it was a lot it was a lot to to her and to you know her writing style and her as an author like i look forward to reading it because i know it's going to be filled with good stuff um that was like my number one thing where i was like thank you for a great ride i really appreciated it i didn't like stand there and go that was stupid like who wrote that you know yeah (laughs) like that um so and there were some funny moments there were some funny quippy dry humor moments that i was like dying laughing dying laughing and so much oh god especially at the end with trip yeah no no no. i got her written down i got her written down (laughs) i was like okay i've never laughed so hard at this book and you do it in the last 10 pages oh my god yeah what'd you got yeah she's like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. Like, she, she writes this one quote, and they, uh, Turner goes, he's a freaking loaded weapon, and I believe it's Alex. I believe it's Alex saying this, where she replies, he's barely a squirt gun. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was there was There was more stuff with Trip. we can't really say, because it's a spoiler, yeah. but there is one line where the big baddie is, like, pissed at Alex, and he is like, you whore. And she goes, I've been called a whore and the line at Rite Aid. Like, I was like, what? Yes. Yes. Oh, I, had to, I, had to, I had to write that down. I was like, that's a good one right there. Yeah. 
another one too, which I'll save as a spoiler. I was just like <laughs> this little like he's very serious, but then for like those lines to be like put out, I'm like, but it's ge- it's genius because it's not stupid comedy. Yeah, true, true. It could and it could have gone that way too, but it it really yeah. wasn't. It was actually funny. Yes. Oh my goodness. Funny your likes. Um. So, uh, of course, Bardugo's, like you said, she's a really good writer, um, and she has a lot of things going on in this book. And if you are the type of reader that just reads and doesn't really take any notes and you're reading just on the surface, you're going to get a lot out of it. But if you really dig deep into the stuff that she's saying, there's a lot of symbolism and metaphorical writing and a lot of themes here. And I think the bigger ones that I got out of it was just like going above and beyond for your friends and protecting them at all costs. Um, guilt, which we can go into in a spoiler edition. And then I think the big one was just fighting your demons, like literal demons and metaphorical demons, which I thought was fantastic. Like, as I feel like my, you know, I, I my life hasn't been too terrible where I have like demons eating eating at me to the point where I am just hopeless and you know there are some people who they just they can't cope anymore and sometimes when I read books like this I feel like I can't relate but when I read her book for someone who doesn't have a lot of demons I really got it I was like this is what hopelessness feels like this is horrible yeah. And so for someone to make someone who's never had depression or anything like that actually understand what it feels like, I think that's really good writing. Oh, yeah. Top notch. Again. And the themes in this book, like you said, again, just we love a book with good themes. <laughs> um, I actually really liked the fact that we got introduced to more like supernatural creatures. Yeah. And they're different. Yeah. They are different. Thank you. Thank you. It's not the same thing. Like, this is an author that actually took some supernatural creatures and created them her own. Like, we'll talk about a spoiler, but I, like, applauded that so well because it shows, like, she's she's so good at telling stories. (laughs) You're like oh okay we're gonna add that in and I was like oh no like this is like yeah. you know death con five style of <laughs> a creature okay like <laughs> this is not your normal <laughs> so I really liked that because she's like expanding this magical world you know yeah along the same lines as that um she also kind of changed our view of magic because I think as people who read a lot of fantasy and a lot of magic magic is always kind of seen as like a good thing um even like harry potter when he's like i love magic but bardugo's take on magic is that it is soul sucking it is it is bad magic is bad and we are mercy and Mercy's like, wow, magic is so cool, and this is great, I want to be involved. And then when she really gets into the thick of it, she's like, ooh, no, it's not. And so I, I like, once again, like you said, how she changed magical creatures. She kind of changed magic so that we're yeah. not like, ooh, envious of it. We're just like, no, thank you. I don't want anything to do with that. Like, hard, hard pass. I don't want to be a yeah. part of that. Like, I don't... <laughs> 
page time. I good old Pammy. I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm so glad. Um, and there's also something that I can die to like talk to you about because okay. there was a big bomb dropped okay. about her. That was so. I missed it mm-hmm. about her, about her being a potential something. Oh, okay. I missed that. Cool. Oh. Page 320. Page 320. Just saying. Um, So, yeah, I'm glad that she got a lot of page time. Okay. Um, I don't really know more about her character. Yeah, she did get a lot of page time, but I still don't think we got too much of her background. Like, we got a lot of Turner. And, um... Mm -hmm. Well, that's really it. But, um, um, more of Trip. We got some of Trip too. Yeah, but, you know, but not as depth, like, not as in depth as, like, Darlington, Turner, and Alex. Like, we got way more out of them. Oh, I don't. Okay. We'll talk about it. I know what you're talking about. We're talking about it. Okay. <laughs> I looked at my book. I looked at my book. All right. Um, another thing that I liked was uh the bible references um i'm not a big religious person but i grew up as a religious person (laughs) and so i always appreciate bible references because i like looking it up and trying to figure out how it's connecting because bardugo doesn't write on the nose so she's not like the tree of knowledge is from genesis and adam and eve and no, no no you gotta figure it out even though I know the tree of knowledge or the tree of good and evil or whatever you want to call it I still had to look Mm -hmm. it up to kind of refresh my memory and how it kind of connects to this book but she had um the destruction of Moab and Daniel in the lion's den and the end of days is what Darlington kept saying I will love you to or I will follow you to the end of days he kept saying and he said it in um ninth house too he doesn't say to the end of my days he says to the end of days which is I believe a bible reference so I, mm-hmm. I did appreciate the biblical references in the book even if they weren't like totally important it's just mm. I don't know it, it, it's not, yeah, like, it's totally important to the plot, but it is just something extra. I agree. Um, because it's it's it just shows that, like, there's a thought and there's a purpose to every word yeah. going on the page. It's not just, like, I'm just going to throw it in there just as a touch point. Yeah. Which, those are Ashley's worst books to talk about. <laughs> so touch point books. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I love the fact that, like, you know, Elba Stone, like, <laughs> I love a good house. I love a good house that just takes care of everybody, you know? <laughs> like, it's just, mm-hmm. like, that to me was just something that I was like, oh, I love that, you know? Um, because everything, like we said before, everything has um, a, pur- a purpose. Um, and I really love the fact that, like, Alex has, like, grown into this really in-depth character. Like, we've got a lot from her. There's yeah. still, like, a missing question. Yeah. You know, but it's, like, we've got so much on her. And I feel like she's grown, too, because it's, like, I saw her as, like, very, like, okay, I'm just going to go and find Darlington. And, okay, Dawes, like, I guess we're just going to go and do it, you know. But she, like, steps into this role of 
you know, like just taking care of the people around her because she was unable to take care of Helly, you know, and to save her. And so it's like, that's her guilt. That's her shame that she carries. And Mm -hmm. she constantly thinks about, well, if I wasn't so selfish, I wasn't so, you know, OD'd or whatever. And if I, if I was there, like it all just plays into who she is in this book. And I think that that's just done really, really well. Yeah. Agree. Definitely agree. Uh, I like it that Bardugo uses Yale and she uses like the actual buildings and the secret societies. Of course, she has, you know, added her own fake twist to it. But I like that she does use actual Yale, the Yale alma mater and New Haven surroundings, the surrounding city um, to build her world. Um, There is I went to Illinois State University and it, on the quad, there's a, there's a structure on the quad. And if you go to, I can't remember the name of the, the college, but it's, if you go stand, it's, it's, if for those of you who went to Illinois State University, there's a lot of people who actually did. There's a, the castle building on the quad and there's a structure, a statue in the front of the quad. And if you go to the top of that building and you look down on the structure, it looks like it's sitting on a swastika. And so... Like, this is just an example of how if I were to be a, a writer like this, I could start with that swastika and or quote unquote swastika. We don't know if it really is, but that was kind of always the legend on campus. I could start a story with that building in that structure. And that's kind of what she did. She's like, I'm going to take the Sheridan building. What was it? Not, was it the Sheridan? That yeah. building, the library, which she says the library is port the portal to hell, which I thought was also hilarious. Um, right. And I'm going to center my book around the library. Mm-hmm. And it's it, I think the, the paintings that she mentions and the courtyard, like all of this is real. You can go to Yale and look at all of that. And all of that is really on campus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that because it all just like it just tied in together and everything. Um, and I just I felt like you could see it, too, mm-hmm. when they're like walking through you know, hell, basically, like, they have to, like, go through, and they do this whole puzzle, essentially, to, like, get to where they need to go, and I, you could just envision what it looks like, you know, and having that metronome, like, ticking and keeping time to the spell, and, like, all this stuff, and I was like, oh, it's so good, <laughs> so good, um, I love the fact that there were just, um, that she kept talking about how using magic for financial gain and how like it like everything has just been a giant cover up from one thing to the other and it's like is anything from that university built on truth in any capacity like Lethe is supposed to be like the one that keeps all these houses like in check and whatever and it's like but actually <laughs> everyone's in on it everyone's in on it everyone knows everyone has sacrificed their lives and their money to protect the magic system yeah it's all it's all greed it's all greed yeah that's that's what it comes down to literally all greed but i love that though because that was like another theme of the (laughs) yeah and speaking of greed so like um in bardugo's world the underworld like so when you go to hell 
you are basically going to a sector of hell where you where what is next what is connected to your vice Mm-hmm. So all the so all the people who have committed like um, murder are gonna go to this hell and this is your demon that that lords over you, and um, Darlington is in hell with Sandow, because they both um, are uh, guilty of greed. Uh, Sandow has like monetary greed, but I think uh, Darlington's greed is more of he like knowledge and he wants power and he wants magic and so he's that kind of greedy but he is in hell with the person who killed him <laughs> and then Barely. like their demon lord is like mammoth she said mammoth or plutus or gulvig which is like some other like norse gods and stuff like that so i thought that was really interesting how she did that yeah yeah <laughs> and I love that we kept getting like glimpses as to like what hell was actually like for sure yeah because it's not really like you know they they don't hang out in there <laughs> yeah I think, it's not like they're having a tea party <laughs> I think um as a kid when you hear like you're going to hell you just you just picture like fiery pits it's just mm-hmm. hot and it's fire, and it's just miserable. But that's not what her hell looks like. And we're not going to say, because that's a spoiler. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did you have any other likes? Um, I'm not going to really go into it. We'll go into it in the spoiler edition. But the rabbit on the cover plays a huge role in the story. Because I was like, what is this rabbit? I, I do not recall a rabbit in Ninth House. I don't understand. Well, now I do. And it plays a huge role in the story. Once again, everything has a purpose, mm-hmm. literally. Because I also was like, "What the heck is this dead furball doing on the cover?" Yeah. Like, I'm not gonna go in a bookstore and go, "Ooh, that looks enticing." <laughs> like, <laughs> that's creepy. It was creepy. Yeah. Like, oh, it's like a dead talisman, you know? Like, a little like bunny foot, you know? What I'm talking. That's gross. <laughs> And the last thing I liked about it is she she introduces some new magic. Like, um, so we all know that, like, salt is, like, used to repel demons and ghosts and everything. But she does something different with salt, uh, which I thought was really cool, very visual. I was able to visualize everything. Just just very cool. Just, just very creative. And that's what I appreciate. You know, we, both Ashley and I, read a lot of fantasy. And it takes a lot for us to read something different. And this is different. I have never read anything like this before. Now, I don't read a lot of Dark Academia, but I read enough fantasy to know that I have never read anything like this before. And I that is why I like it so much. Well, not the whole right. reason, but the, her writing has a lot to do with it. But just like the, her imagination with this world was just fantastic. Yeah, I, I agree. It's literally like, oh who would have thought of that like I'm, I'm here for it like I couldn't have thought of that you mm-hmm. know um and she just continues like just like press press the boundary line press the boundary line of like where your imagination has gone with things and I think that's what's most exciting about reading this series is because you just don't know what she's gonna throw at you you just don't you don't know what's gonna happen yeah so yeah I did I had a few other things but it's they're kind of spoilery so I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna save them for next that's time. all I have <laughs> same well if you want to hear us talk about spoiling we're gonna do that 
Um, if you don't want to, and you kind of were just like, is this a book that I should read? Yes, you 100% should read this. Um, and our next book, again, is going to be Chain of Thorns by Cassandra Clare, which is the third book in the Last Hour series. All right. Well, we will start the spoiler edition in five, four, three, two. Hey, I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. We're the hosts of Fictional Hangover Podcast. Fictional Hangover is a podcast about young adult and new adult books, series, authors, All right, thank you for joining us for the spoiler edition. And so let's just get right into Darlington. Mm. You want to talk about the golden erect dick, shall we? I'm not sure why we needed that. I don't know the significance of that. I don't know if it's because he, in Ninth House, I just remember him like being in control. He didn't like being out of control and I felt like this was his personal hell of being naked in front of this woman and losing control and I guess an erect penis is you can't control that and so I think that's why I mean he was in hell basically and like you said um everybody's hell looks a little different his was constantly trying to rebuild Black Elm and this was also part of his personal hell not being in control of his clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Just killed me. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's got horns, he's glowing, and he's got things on his wrist, and he's naked, and then it's like, and then he's got his glowing penis. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> what is I think that's what it is. He just didn't have control. Because the first thing he did when he was rescued was put pants on. He was like, I'm gonna put yeah. on some pants. <laughs> trying to calm himself down <laughs> like he still had no control over his body <laughs> oh my gosh yeah um i find it interesting that he was still able to connect with alex even within his demon form if you will yeah he's i like, apologize for any background noise there we're we're not a professional production here so Sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Is it me? No, I think it's my computer, like, doing whatever it does, you know. Sorry, we're a little squeaky today. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I just found it interesting that he was still able to talk to her, and I think it made more sense when we, like, learn more about her being the wheel walker and, like, her holding the door open for demons so it's like she's able to communicate with spirits, you know, ghosts essentially, and it's like why would she not be able to communicate to demons as well? Mm-hmm. It's just a thought, you know. But yeah, their their reunion on getting him out, I was like, oh, he just came out. We're gonna eat a big brunch, and we're just gonna act like nothing happened. Because oh, by the way, a door wasn't closed. <laughs> yeah yeah their reunion was weird and 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 then when they got to it was it ill was it black no ill best stone i know i know i don't know how to say it i'm like is somebody gonna hug 
Is somebody gonna? Hug? I know. And then yeah, Pammy hugged him, but. <laughs> But it, I was shocked when he wasn't totally human. Like, those those demons attacked her, and he just, like, went feral. And I was like, what the hell is this? I know. I was like, I was like, are you, like, is this, like, a mated thing? Is this what, like, where we're going with this? Like, the whole feral, like, growling and all of that, I'm like, somebody's been reading about Faye. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, you know, when he said, I don't, I can't remember the, the exact line he says to her, but it, it did make me think of Feyre and Rowan in book three in Air of Fire when he was like no longer like connected to, um, uh, what was her name? Uh, Maeve. Maeve. And he just like bowed to, not Feyre, wrong book, I'm sorry. Selena. Aileen. Selena. Uh, he, like, bowed to her feet and was just like, well, I'm yours now. I was like, okay. I immediately thought of Throne of Glass. Um, I can't remember the line that he says to her. He, the one where he says that he'll serve you to the end of days. Is that yeah, the one? Yeah, but there's more to it. But, yeah, that, yeah, that was, that was, that was a shocker. And I think, I think they were, because I, I guess you could say fate is another theme here because she is a will walker and the uh she basically was going to end up there regardless because she's a will walker and that place attracted I guess the tower or something attracted wow. will walkers and then in ninth house they went to that party at man manuscript and he saw that vision of himself in the future with a crown on his head and she was like a queen and lo and behold like that came true so yeah which is crazy absolutely mm -hmm. crazy um yeah I'm like they're slow burn just between the two of them I'm like do we have a thing here is this a thing what is that I line why did I write this down did I put it in my kindle when he says to her when they she he gets kind of perturbed at her and he's just like Oh God! You mean the I, I'll I'll find it. I, I yeah, but you I know, know what you're talking. Yeah, about, yeah, yeah, though, yeah. And you're like, I was like, oh, what's what's this? I'm like, are y'all are y'all gonna do? It? But you know, and she's still in conflict because she's like, well, he's like, bird, you know, it's like mentor and like, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, he's Stupid, he's like, her. But now she's like the head because he was gone. So it's like, well, it's, she's. I think she's at a conflict with herself with well, it. She totally is, and, and he is as well. Like, yeah, he is still her Virgil or whatever. However, technically, he's a knight and she is the queen, and he has to do her bidding. So, as much as he was jealous of her in the first book because she had magic and he didn't, and how dare this, this poor, literal poor person who should not be at Yale, who doesn't belong here, has more magic than me. How dare she? And now he literally is her servant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, even when you talk about the fact where, like, the four, like, murderers had to go into hell, like, the second time around where they go, even Darlington is then the prince. He's, you know, he mm -hmm. takes Trip's place. And it's like, even then again, we're still seeing, like, he is lesser <laughs> than she is, like, in his place. 
because the soldier, which is what she was, was the one that had to to close the door in finality. Like she, you know. Yeah. So I think it comes full circle. Um, but I'm like waiting. I'm like, could you just something? <laughs> You know, and he talks about, like, his animalistic side, the demon side of him, where he's like, he just wants to devour her. Yeah. And it is a sexual reference. And he does, yeah, he does not say devour. He says the F word. And I was like, oh. Yeah. But, you know, Bardugo is really good at these damn slow burns because even Kaz and Inej, it was just like, really? This is the best thing I've ever seen in my life, but I need something to happen now. <laughs> It literally uh, kills me. Mm -hmm. Kills me. I'm like, okay, it's gonna happen like the last like hundred pages of the last book. You just watch. That's what's gonna happen. And we're all gonna be like, finally. (laughs) I wanna say something. We'll talk about it. But I I Mm, I did, I feel like I did not get my payoff at the end of Crooked Kingdom, but anyway, that's a different book. Um I cannot find the quotes, but he I can't find it. But um it was a good line. It's 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 true Bardugo fashion. I don't even know what chapter it's in. I didn't mark it like an idiot, but dang it. I feel like it's in the middle of the book, but it's in it know, be it's like towards a hot the spot. end. It's towards it's before they go back to the gauntlet and it's towards the end and he basically professes his love to her. And she just kind of like ignores it and was just like, Ooh, get that out of here. <laughs> But I don't, I don't, I think it's more of a, um, and I felt like this is a, this was another theme in the book that we didn't talk about. It was every time she has this immense guilt, like you were saying, and that everyone who enters her orbit, bad things happen to them. So it, yeah. she feels really guilty of Heli just being around her in that environment because she, Heli came from a good home and you know, baseball and barbecues and, and then she died and she felt really guilty and she felt like it should have been her and not Heli. And here comes Mercy and all this bad stuff happens to Mercy. And she doesn't want to put her in this position. And all these people are just like dying around her and Darlington goes to hell. It's like she has this immense guilt of people being around her and bad things happen to them. So I don't think she wants to love him because then he's in her orbit. Bad things are going to happen. Even though I feel like going to hell is probably the worst thing that could happen to you, but. When he's still in her orbit, he's been in her orbit, you know? Um, But yeah, I did like the fact that she, that Alex was honest with mercy. If we're going like down the line of, of people, like I felt like that showed such growth for Alex because she let Mercy into that side of her and was like, I, I need to let her in. Like, there's no more getting around it. Like, this is like way bigger than me. And she can, she needs to have the choice to say yes or to say no, Mm. you know? And I applaud Mercy too, because she like, she did a good job of like, yeah, I'm really excited. And Alex was like, like, hold your panties, girl. You're a little bit high strung. We need to back it up, you know? And then once things really started happening with them going to hell the first time and then even, you know, the things happening with um, Anselm or whatever, his however you say his name, um, you know, she was getting more like, I don't, 
I don't, I don't really know like what's happening. I think I need to go home. I think I need to take a time out. Yeah. You know, but it was like, I just felt like for the first time since, you know, Alex arriving at Yale, at least, like she has a friend, like an actual friend who knows her dirty secrets because like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. nobody has for a really long time. And then going through hell and literally seeing all four murderers murder stories and what happened that was tragic trapped like i was like are you kidding me right now you know because then we go into to well i guess we could just go online do you want to talk about turner dawes trip well i trips i was i mean yeah, I mean, we don't have to talk about it. They read it. They probably know what happened. Um, I think Turner's was probably the worst one. Like, yeah, he just killed a bad cop. Just like, I did not see that coming. I was like, what did he do? He's he's so, you know, just this good guy. But mm-hmm. well, and it's interesting because like Bardugo gives him like a, a power essentially. Like he has this you know intuition where he yeah. knows that people are lying yeah and Turner has no idea that that's like what's going on but he's never wrong he's always true yeah. it's always this prickling feeling when he's surrounded by you know just bad happening if something's not right something you know is um you know there's murder happening whatever he can tell and like i found it interesting even when he when she was talking about the death of carmichael the other cop how like even at the end he had silence and no prickling near him for once like on the job and i was like interesting you know yeah i liked that i liked that he had a little like a a little power there a little intuition if you will but okay so in spoiler free you were saying the th- thing about Dawes and yes. now cause I was like eh I think she was just speculating but what if she's not and what if Turner is does not just have a what if he does actually have a power mm-hmm. and P- Dawes has a power yeah and there is a reference it's on page 320 for all of you who are here hanging out for spoilers where it talks about how Alex talks like maybe Dawes is a witch because Dawes is continuously brewing herbs. She's always talking about like you have to have all of these big events and new moons, big cycles, like whatever. Like she is in tune with all of the magicalness of being a witch and like what you do there. And she's always got something that's going to help take care take care of you or you know help you heal faster and like all of this and even Darlington mentions about how Alex goes in for like a goat milk bath or whatever it is yeah. and he's like huh maybe I need to start learning Dawes's ways for healing or whatever like he makes like a like a comment about that and then it's referenced again and I'm like girl's a witch she's not just oculus man she's a witch i just kind of chalked it up to the kind of like the hermione thing where she's just very well read but i i don't know maybe she is a witch because yeah 
it would make sense for future books to give the whole crew powers. She's definitely a potential witch. 100%. I see it. I'm here for it. (laughs) Um, Do you want to talk about the rabbit on the cover and the significance of it? I mean, there's not really much to spoil. It's just... Yeah, I thought that... uh, First of all, this rabbit. How did I miss this in the first book? There, It wasn't... Was the the rabbit? No. Because I went back, because I, I have Ninth House on my Kindle, and I can search words, and I searched okay. Babbit, Rabbit, I searched Rabbit. There was no mention of a rabbit in the first book. So this is something that she concocted for this book. Okay. Yeah, because, like, yeah. the rabbit is a part of Alex's story. Yeah. You know? And then um, Anselm also has the rabbit, right? Well, I think, is a rabbit. I think the rabbit has a lot of symbols and I think one of them is because the whole story of how their dog at Ground Zero killed that, that rabbit and you know rabbits are innocent they're easy prey so Heli is very innocent very easy prey and I think that he just appeared to her as a rabbit as mm-hmm. a demon you know how your demons eat at you it was her guilt she felt guilty mm-hmm. about this rabbit because the rabbit symbolized Heli and that's how he appeared to her. Because appearing to her as Heli wasn't working, um, so he needed something else, and I think the rabbit was the next best thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think I agree with you because it is like, you know, rabbits are usually like, good luck, and, yeah. you know, they can symbolize compassion and like stuff like that. And it's like if these demons are feeding off of their lack of right like they're just filling up on these things which that was just you know the rabbit just kept coming back in in multiple situations and I was like oh like it's more it's more than just like there's a white rabbit it's (laughs) the symbol of all that rabbit Um, symbolize I wrote it down why can't I why do I not have my notes in order oh Rabbit symbolize to think things through before you act. Look within yourself to recognize gifts to give you strength. Mm-hmm. I mean, rabbits symbolize a lot of things, but I think that might be what you were saying in like how she's mm-hmm. using the rabbit to fit in her story. Yeah. I don't know. It was just done super, super well with that. And even like when we learn about Anselm, right? You know, he is the the vamp (laughs) he's the vamp that has been sucking souls out of people and like that's how he's able to walk (laughs) with with people um i just found it interesting first of all not only because like vampires are known as these just like blood sucking demons or whatever like you know, they just feed off of people and then those people die. Well, no, they're actually demons who take on a host's body, you know? And I love that because they, they like take on that person's like emotions. Like they, they, they feed off of their emotions and then they become this person. Like that's how it's like, like almost like a doppelganger, if you yeah, will. Yeah. And it happens multiple times where they're like, is this the real 
person? No. Like that, they're, no, there's something wrong. But it's like they've internalized their souls, essentially, and their feelings and like their memories. And it's like, that's creepy <laughs> that they can do that. Yeah. Um, and just the fact that like Alex has a moment when she's facing him the first time where she's like so scared out of her bones because she's like, I don't know how to, to battle this. Like, this yeah. is a new, a new thing. You know, I love that she calls Turner. <laughs> she's like, I'm scared. I don't know what to do. I need you to come and get me. I've only made it so far, you know, and I love the fact that like, you know, there's so many times that we like see like a main character and they somehow know all the answers and they're always able to get out of a pinch and they, they, they just automatically know. And it's like, that does not happen here. Like, she literally gets to a point where she's like, I don't think I, I, I got out biscuit in my teeth and I don't think I can do it again. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, that's that's nice to see. That's nice to not, you know, have them have all the answers. Because <laughs> that makes it real life, you know? you mm-hmm. It makes it feel like a real situation. Yes. And I love that. Yes, yes, yes. Agreed. Sure. Yeah, I think we do think of Alex as being, having all the answers at the very end. You know, she, she concocted a plan unbeknownst to the reader, which I'm always okay with. Uh... But then there are moments like the vampire where she was scared. And Turner even said, wow, I've never seen her this scared before. And the fact that she could call him up and have, you know, for help, which, you know, that's more growth on Alex's part because she's always been kind of a a group of one, especially in book one. She didn't really like Turner in the beginning, and um, but now she trusts him with her life, which I think is great. Yeah. No. 100% and it's awesome um for sure um I love the fact too that like they were facing their own like literal demons yeah. I know we talked about it in the spoiler free edition but like the fact that they had to like relive their deepest darkest grief and shame over and over and over again and it's like the demons feed off of them. They feed off of their joy. They also feed off of their sadness. Like they're just constantly consuming like off of them. Um, And I thought that that was just such like such a twist because like, even you see like Anselm, like holding all four of their, you know, demons at bay. (laughs) It's like, you're looking at them and they're not healthy looking. They're, completely ragged and just just um how would you say like just like almost animalistic in a way mm-hmm. rabid I don't you know whatever yeah. um and I thought that was so good it was so creepy it's so creepy yeah. at the same time what what what, what I think Bardugo does really well is that that is a literal metaphor for our own demons and how we beat ourselves up. Our demons is ourself and how we talk to ourselves. You are, you are a piece of crap. You are not worthy of this. You are this, you are ugly, you are stupid. And, and so in this book, she uses literal demons, but 
in real and realistically, you know, Alex does have these demons where it is her guilt of Helly and Darlington, and it is literally eating away at her. It is making her feel hopeless, and you keep telling yourself these horrible negative things. It does eat away at you until some people unalive themselves. They can't take it. And so I like how she uses literal demons to, to, you know, what I'm trying to say, to um, use to it, yeah, to showcase like demons and how we treat ourselves. And I think that Bardugo has been through a lot in her life. I know she was in an abusive relationship, and I think a lot of this story. I think she's Alex in a lot of ways. She's also from Los Angeles. Um, she did She did go to Yale University. She, like I said, she was in an abusive relationship. She would even said, like, the Darkling kind of personified her grief and her trauma. So I think she is Alex in a way. And she probably had demons eating at her, and this is how she tells her story. Right. That's why probably why it's so good is because it's kind of her own personal, her own personal hell that she was dealing with. Yeah. And I love the fact that, like, each of them had, like, their own, like, salt talisman, you know, that was, yeah. like, basically gifted to them. And when you look through, like, what each person received, I was like, but it's perfect to to that person. You know, Darlington had Cosmo, which I thought was genius. <laughs> um, genius. You know, Alex had, had a snake. And I'm like, well, she literally has tattoos of snakes and peonies like going up her arm mm-hmm. um you know and then turner has a mighty oak tree <laughs> and i thought it was so funny because there's one line where it's uh it's trip saying like oh an oak go- um is alive and you can acorn your enemies into submission <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, was just, I was just dying <laughs> Um, and Trip had the albatross, which, um, at the end of it, like, that saved him, you know? That saved him from what happened to him, um, which we can talk about in just a second. But I just feel like, you know, each of the talismans, like, they each meant something. And it was just oh, it was just another little, like... Yeah, and that's what I was talking about with magic I've never seen before. Like I was saying, the salt. We know that salt can ward off a lot of bad, evil things. But I've never seen it done that way before that was something new that i've never seen and it could be in other books and i maybe i just don't read a lot of dark stuff like this um but i've never, never seen, seen it, before. it before yeah never seen it before let's talk Do about wanna... oh no go ahead um because i was kind of confused about the whole wheel walker thing and i really want to make sure that i understand her whole power so i'm assuming that bell bomb in the first book was like the almighty wheel walker and now that alex killed her now alex or was alex always well i knew that alex was always a wheel walker because bell bomb told her she was and her ultimate power is that she can keep the portal to hell open like what is her ultimate power as a wheel walker i'm not quite sure so yeah so like daisy Will Will Willock was like the first like wheel walker, you know, and so what happened was is then it was then she was eaten by Bell Bomb, like another mm-hmm. well walker came, and Bell Bomb became um like most of the demons where they're able to like suck the power, you know, into them, you know, like so 
how Alex can suck the grays into her and like she then takes like their charge and their energy and it's mm-hmm. like her life force essentially mm-hmm. um that like goes in there um and so the fact that the fact that we see Alex defeat Bellbomb I think just answers the question that yes she is more powerful but it also makes me question like but who's Alex's father like we know nothing yeah. about her parentage we know nothing like, other than her mom needs money, you know, she was a dollar store, fortune teller type of girl, whatever. Um, so Alex's gift that we've been told is that she is, she not only possesses the gift as the, the hellfire, as, okay, that's a whole other thing, but her, um, she is, the, the gauntlet was an offering, correct like the gauntlet wasn't offering like into hell like it was it was supposed to be this experiment or whatever but it turned into being an offering because everyone who stepped inside someone was taken there was a price to pay to have the door open to have hell open and so um their way of re-entering that and revisiting hell was the beacon which is the well the wheel walkers who are basically um lighting the way to the doors of hell that is how i saw it okay and because she was deemed thief numerous times like as she's entered hell like something has been stolen from hell that Mm -hmm. she has we still don't know what that is i don't think her stealing darlington was the ultimate reason why they called her a thief i think that the power that she has within her she's not supposed to be able to open that door okay yeah somebody called her a thief before Anselm did I can't remember who it was but they were like somebody else called me a thief who Sandow I don't know why do I not take better notes somebody else called her a thief yeah yeah I didn't because I just thought it was Darlington but if someone called her a thief before she took Darlington, then it's not Darlington. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. That's my thought. That's my take on it. I do, I could be totally wrong, but that I did note. <laughs> that I did, yeah. did write down. Um, and that her, basically her presence in hell is like the way for them to keep the door open for all demons and dark magic to basically freely flow in and out because then when we reach the end of the book there's new creatures that are coming out of the works if you will that were not supposed to be here before or they were here before but they were sealed yeah and she doesn't have to walk the gauntlet to get into hell too right didn't she just like jump the fire and got darlington out homegirl can just boop right in she doesn't yeah. even need to do it which i want to know how did darlington know that she didn't need to do the the puzzle the walk i don't know that that was a question that i had i want to know who her father was i want to know how darlington knew you know was it just like was that a gift of knowledge from hell like because he was there he was able to see like why she could um 
but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It was Anselm who called her a thief first. When he was... I don't know. When he was... When he looked like the rabbit, he called her a thief. So she had taken Darlington already. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That was one thing um, that I didn't understand was the whole wheel walker. And I read it over again and I was like, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're supposed to understand like all the way just quite yet. I think it's more of like a a speculation. Like as she comes into her knowledge of what a wheel walker is, because it was just a speculation the first book, right? That she was. And this one we're like, oh she's got she got powers. <laughs> Yeah, I went back and read Ninth House, the end of it, and when Bellbomb was about to kill her, she was a ring of fire, too. Mm-hmm. So Bellbomb was the, wheel, the ultimate wheel walker. walker or something? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's all I had, to be honest. Yeah. Um. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So... Trip, who turned Trip? Um, his demon, Spencer did. Right. I don't know. He was. Um, well, a vampire had to have turned him, right? Because he's not a vampire. Um, yes. And it wasn't Reitner because they're they're going after Reitner, and he still should look like Reitner. So who killed yeah. who killed Trip? I. If you know, listening, let us know, cause I don't know. I'm over here, like, oh my gosh, yeah. So the fact that his salt thing worked on him, um, was awesome because I, the whole, like last like hundred pages, I was like, are they really not going to go and find him? Like, what ha- We just we just dropped Trip like he was nothing, you know. And in reality, they were, but they had other, <laughs> they had other things to um, worry about. I don't know if I've even eaten. Did was it even said who turned trip? Did they even ask? Um, he just said that thing sucked trip dry. Are there a bunch of vampires roaming around, and we just don't know? They're. Trip or de- or the demon backed away bearing its fangs. I couldn't help it. You're a killer, Turner said. We're all killers. And then they said, we're not arguing uh, semantics with a vampire. You know what we have to do. That was Darlington. Um, but there's no... Yeah, it's, she no says, is it, is it Reitner, Doss, Raspout? I don't think so. He can't shake his human form. What else could it be? A demon, a monster in command? Oh, no, they're talking about that thing that was in the sky. Never mind. So, yeah, uh, so that's how it ends. There's a new monster that they got to they gotta battle. Some winged monster in the sky. Yeah. And she's, it said that she'd seen Linus uh, Ryder, the vampire, in the sky. No. She said that she saw a thing that moved as quickly as him. 
I don't know, man. I do love this line, though, that Turner, like, gives Alex, which is, um, you know, uh, he talks about, like, you can't walk through hell unchanged. And he says, it changed you too, sir, and you may not care about good and evil. That doesn't mean they don't exist. You stole a man out of hell. You beat a demon at his own game, and you better think about what that means. And she says, what's that? And she And he says, the devil knows your name now, Galaxy Stern. Yeah. Which, like, that to me was, like, our last, like, there's a cliffhanger there, and there's a cliffhanger about, well, who killed Trip? Yeah. Because now he's a husk, like. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I thought it was his demon, Spencer. No, demon, Spencer's dead. I don't think that was. I I don't think he could, like, suck. No, you have to be a vampire. I don't think Spencer was a vampire. Very true. This is very true. Never mind. You're right. You're right way off kilter here but so far best book i've read so far well how many books have you read it's only january 24th five. Oh, look at you go i know well wait no i'm my may four <laughs> i think it's fine yeah i think i don't know yeah Best book I've read so far. <laughs> Not me. I actually finished The Secret Lives of Church Ladies and I gave it a five. Like, I haven't given a five in a long time. And I really like that book. So I like it better. That, that Yeah, that's better than The Hellbent. It's a totally different yeah. story. It's a totally different genre. But yeah, I gave it a five. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well... That ends our podcast, guys. This is our longest podcast we've done in a very long time. Mm-hmm. There was a lot to talk about. We hope that it summed it up for you guys. If you guys have any other things that you're wanting to chat about with us regarding Hellbent or any of the other books that we've read, we would love to do that because Don and I love a good book discussion. And, yeah. If you haven't read it yet, you need to read it. And I'm sure if you're listening to this, you are probably already read it. (laughs) (laughs) So, again, our next book is Chain of Thorns by the Cassandra Clare. So, we will see what happens. And we'll catch you in the next podcast. Bye. Bye.